Good evening, everybody. I'm back for part two of the teaching on the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. My name is Lindsay Lee. I am the pastor of Astounding Love, a global church fellowship, which if you watch us regularly on the Astounding Love page, you've probably already figured that out. But I do want to welcome new friends as well as we're going to continue this conversation. Now, as I told you earlier, I was given an assignment in January 2021, that's this year, by my apostle, Dr. Baker, to start to teach on the on the blood of Jesus. And so like any good student, I went back to some of my Bible college notes and I looked at materials that I had and then I looked for new materials. But I started with The Miracle of the Scarlet Thread by um, Dr. Richard Booker because it's just an outstanding teaching for me and it speaks to me on so many different levels. I also looked at songs such as The Blood of Jesus, There's Power in the Blood, um, It Washes White as Snow and, and different things like that. And that started to minister to me. And then I started looking also at some of the other teachings that were really stirring me. You, you, teach, you learn about blood covenant, and there's some very good teachings on blood covenant. But the three teachers, uh, uh, the two others that I, who kind of stand out to me because of what I heard and how it affected me. One was uh, talk, uh, Dr. Sandra Kennedy teaching about the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. And then there were some other teachings um, by Mark Hankin that he was, he was talking about the power of the blood as well. And so as I started kind of putting those together and going back to the Holy Spirit to find out, well, what do you want me to do? You know, because these, these are outstanding. We could just have people just listen to this and, 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 and that would be amazing. But then I started seeing the commonality or the, the thing that they all had, the pattern that was starting to be established for me. And I, in the first teaching, talked about Zephaniah 3, that he joys over us with singing. And so what is all that but the release of a sound, the release of the voice. And so he told me, he is, my assignment is the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. Somebody else is going to teach something else. But, but we, each have, um, we each have a dynamic that we want to add to it. And so mine is the power-filled voice. And over the course of time, I don't know how long, I have probably about 18 hours worth of teaching because I have maybe seven to 10 hours on the astoundinglove.org page that you can catch up on. But also in keep, also there's the stuff that has not yet been said. So we're going to explore this. My prayer is that we walk in the supernatural power of the blood, that the resonating sound of the blood starts to come in our voices. And so that we see the healings, we'll see the things, and people will, will get an opportunity to know that God is not worried about you at all. He's not worried that he's not able to do anything. He's already put all the components in place to let us know how powerful he is and how much faith he has in himself and his ability to bring to pass everything that he said that he's going to do. And so that's what you should take with you, take to heart. Now, uh, I ended the first session, we talked about the guarantee. So let's start there and then let's go in a little further and, and, and see what else we can see that he has to say. Uh, the first thing was that, let me see. It said that uh, we were talking about how that this word of God has to dwell in us richly because as we allow the word of God to dwell in us, the changes, the entrance of this word brings life. The patterns of this word start to 
to penetrate within us and it brings us into these divine places, this divine alliance, if you will, an alliance with God as we're to be. John 17, when Jesus is praying that we would be one as they are one, he and the Father. He's talking about resonating. He's talking about that they will have the same sound because when you're one, there's only one sound. They're not two. So when it's truly one voice that speaks, it always says the same thing and it does the things that it says it's going to do. And so that's the kind of the thing that, that we're referring to. As we allow this word, this truth about the blood of Jesus to dwell in us, we do, we're transformed. We walk in the knowledge and the truth that we are healed. Some of you, you, you have, as I said before, you say a lot of good stuff, but you don't have the power to manifest. The truth doesn't come. The signs, the wonders that are supposed to follow the preaching of the word, they don't come after your declarations because you're mouthing it, but it's not coming from the heart. You see, when you speak the truth, it has a divine resonating power. It's a vibratory thing in the spirit realm. You are heard when you speak truth. God's voice is heard through you. It's not your voice anymore. It's his voice because he is the spirit of truth. So when we say what he says, and we say it with the same conviction that he has about his own word, the transforming, transforming power of the word has to show up. It absolutely must manifest. And you can say all day, by his stripes, I'm healed. By the blood of Jesus, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. And your mouth is talking, but your heart is far from the truth. You honor him with your lips, but your heart is far from him. But when his heart touches yours and the truth, and his word is part of his heart, when his truth touches your, tr your heart, his truth becomes your truth then you speak with an authority and a conviction. Romans 4 talks about how Abraham believed God. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised God was able to do. That full persuasion brings about a different atmosphere from the inside of you to the outside of you. And these are the things that cause everything else to coalesce and come into alignment. And that's when you say, I am healed, babe. Nobody doubts you because you are speaking from the inside, the force, the spirit force of the truth and the blood of Jesus testifies of that truth, stands witness to it and says it is so, not that it will be so, but this is the truth. And so things, your body, the sicknesses, diseases, you see them bowing down to what? The power, the truth of God's word, manifestation, the truth of what he said. You cannot help but look healed. You cannot help but be healed or walk healed and talk healed and all the rest of it because God spoke through you about you. And we'll get into more of that, but that's what the power of it is. So as you walk in this knowledge, this intimate knowing, this intercoursing with truth, then you are healed. The truth that you, I'm, I walk in the truth that I'm healed. I walk in the truth that I'm delivered. I walk in the truth. I'm intimate with this truth that I'm transformed, that I'm established in my faith, that I'm established in my kingdom identity, that I remain on course in my journey. I am free of religion. I'm free of pride. I'm free of jealousy. I'm free of insecurity and competition and competitive comparisons and every other evil thing. 
the more of this word that I allow inside to transform me. And I am a witness, I'm a testimony in process, if you will, of the transforming power of the word of God. The more you let it in, the more you take hold of it, the more it becomes your only source. And the more of it that, that you just, uh, this, is, this is what he said. And so it is so. And you leave no room for anything else. There's no option to then it, it, it will be seen. It will be seen. Your heart is to be soft toward God and hard toward the things of this world so that your eyes see, your ears hear, and your mouth speaks only what God wants you to speak. And again, Psalm, I believe it's 107, but it says that the voice of God, that uh, bless the Lord you as angels that hearken to obey the voice of God. That voice, again, that truth, the testimony, the testifying, the knowing, I am telling the truth. I am not saying by his stripes I'm healed and I feel these symptoms and so I'm probably lying. No, the symptoms haven't got a thing to do with the truth. The symptoms have everything to do with the attack against you, but they don't have anything to do with the truth of what the blood of Jesus said, except that it must bow to it. And you become so utterly convinced that you become a sick free zone because it can't find a door to you. Now, I'm not telling you that this happens overnight, this transformation, but you will start as you, you got to start somewhere, baby, you got to start. And then once you take the first step, don't back up, but keep pressing in. You don't need to count. Well, I have a symptom on my body. I must've failed God. No, that's not true. That isn't even close to being the truth. What you do is press into him. And sometimes you call somebody else and say, pray for me, you know, until, until it gets so formed, until the Christ is so formed in you, we labor in vain. We intercede one for another. Why? Because we have to unlearn things that Jesus did not. We have to discard things that we took in and made to be the truth that he never accepted as true. We have to let it be that, that what, what our blood, by our personal, our blood says, let God be true and every man a liar. And so whatever it is that anybody else is trying to put on me, I'm not taking. I don't have to take it. And so it comes through this process of determination. It is my determined purpose that I will walk in this, that I will be, I will learn to undo everything that's not God, that I will become disentangled from the things that I have believed about myself and about others that God never said until I can find what God has really said. I will say nothing. And then when I hear what he says, I'm going to say what he says. And that is going to be something that I'm not repeating like a, like a little cantation, incantation. I'm speaking it because it's the truth. I'm saying it because it is so. And so those are things that you've been called. You will move into Holy Spirit led degrees of intimate worship. You move in love-filled uh, intercessory prayer. You move in authority according to the pattern that has been established by the blood of Jesus Christ because there's a blood path, you see. And the world and the people around you are changed for the better. And it's all guaranteed courtesy of the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. So that's our guarantee. That is our guarantee. guarantee. Now, when you look at 1 Peter 1, and you look at verses 18 and 19, you're going to see what heaven defines as the quality of the blood of Jesus. Because you see, this is really a big deal. Uh, this is really a big deal. This is a spirit emphasis. This is this is a power source in the, in the realm of the spirit up from heaven. This is a part of the arsenal. Of, uh, if you will, I mean, this, this is not, this is not just a little thing. It's not a little communion cup and a little this. No, 
No, no, beloved, this, this is your life. This is truly life. And we'll talk, I hope we'll get to that in just a bit. But the quality of his blood, according to uh, heaven, 1 Peter 1, verse 19 says, it, uh, verse 18 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation by tradition from your fathers. That's not the citizenship. That empty, void vanity is not where you're from. He says, but you have been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest the truth of who he was in these last times for you. And then he talks about believing, but I want to just stop with those because we're talking about the quality. So from heaven's perspective, the blood or heaven's point of view, the blood of Jesus is precious. And that's, that's very important. His blood is precious. Say that to yourself. The blood of Jesus is precious. So what you are, you know, what you're looking at is, um, what you're looking at is how you're going to have to change it. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? You're going to have to change the way you think about his blood. You're going to have to change from the traditional change from the, this is how we take communion, the old paradigm, if you will, um, the old established patterns, the religious ways that you have looked at his blood and you're going to have to see it as a power source. You're going to have to see it as something that is life transforming and you're going to see the blood. What am I really telling you? You're going to learn to see the blood of Jesus the way Jesus sees his blood. How about that? How about you look at the blood of Jesus the way God looks at the blood of Jesus, the way Jesus looks at his blood, the way the Holy Spirit looks at his blood. When you start seeing it the way heaven sees it, you're going to see heaven's results as the, the scripture says, in earth as in heaven, the manifested will of God. You're going to see the will of God in the blood. You're going to hear what he has to say about it. And then your life, your body, the things, the people around you, everybody will become affected by the same power that from heaven's point of view everything in earth as in heaven is from one point of view from heaven's point of view from the king of kings and lord of lords how he sees his blood makes all the difference and we'll really get a chance uh, as i said we're going to be doing this for a little while um, but we'll really get a chance to see what it is that he has to say and wh what he's talking about now Precious blood, what was it contained in? Well, the Bible tells us that Mary, that Jesus was born of a virgin. Well, a virgin, it means that there was no corruptible seed. Corruptible seed in this would mean the DNA of a man, the sperm that carries the DNA of a man. Well, Joseph and Mary had not come together as husband and wife. They had not had sex. And so how could she be pregnant? This is the question that she asked in Luke chapter 1, verse 31. And what did she say? She, uh, when, the, when the angel came to her and told her, hey, you will be with child and you, what you bring forth will be holy. She said, he said, behold, you shall conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Now, Mary, when the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. This is Luke 1, verse 30. And it, this encounter, of course, starts uh, in Luke 1, 27. But what I want you to see that I, I thought was just so amazing, that the Lord said, I'm going to give Mary her moments. We're going to give Mary her limelight. 
Mary's limelight starts uh, in verse 27, that she was a virgin that was engaged to an, uh, a man named Joseph, and that she saw the angel in verse 29, and she was troubled, or 28, and she was troubled by what he told her because he said, Mary, you are highly favored, the Lord with you, and you're blessed among women, among, not above, but among women. And so she saw, and she was troubled, as saying she was, tr she was troubled, meaning she was uh, whirling it around in her mind. She's trying to understand what is he talking about? Why would you call me that? Who are you exactly? And all of that. And, and why he would salute her that way. And then the angel told her, Mary, verse 30, I don't want you to be afraid for you have found favor with God. And this favor with God is such that God has named you and identified you as the one through whom this particular miracle will take place. And you will conceive in your womb. He said, in your womb. And you will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He showed and this is not about Mary. The son shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. So in none of that was it about Mary. That was all about what she would carry this word that was about to come into her. And Mary said to the angel, how shall this be? Seeing as I'm, I'm a virgin, I have not been fooling around. And, 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 and no man has been there. So how is this going to happen? I, I mean, I know how it happens, but how is this going to happen? And the angel said to her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And the power of the highest shall overshadow you. The brilliant brilliancy of his light, that word overthrow, uh, overshadow, is episkiazo. And what it's saying is that this brilliance, you're going to be filled with light, this brilliant light. And also, um, not just light. The influence of the light, what the light is bringing, and the seed of the light. All these things. Why? Because the angel is releasing words from heaven. Words that he didn't speak on his own. The Father gave them to him. And in that word, the seed, the incorruptible seed, had been released. And when she listened, and he told her about her cousin and, and all that, and he said to her, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Verse 38 is one of the most powerful ways to submit and to receive the truth of God because what she said is here I am behold I am the handmaid of the Lord I am submitted to the Lord whatever you say is so so be it unto me as according to your word and the angel left and the word impregnated penetrated she gave an opening that was a spiritual opening of her womb and that seed was able, the Holy Spirit was able to overshadow her and to release and to, if you will, to release the, the sperm, the, the power of that. Everything was released into her because she opened herself spiritually to receive from God. And she wasn't even born from above, but she received word, the word of God and became a carrier of the word. And in that word was life of God. That's John 1. And in that life was, uh, that life is the blood because the Bible tells you Leviticus 17, 11, that the life of the flesh is in the blood. Well, the life was in that blood capsule. He put it all in her and there was nothing that a man had to do with it. So the, she was the carrier of his body, but she was not the blood source of his body. It was not a commingling, if you will. So Luke 1, 31 to 35 tells you that. And also Hebrews chapter 10. If we can look at that really quick. Hebrews chapter 10. And we'll look at verse 5. And what it says is when he comes into, it says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering you have not, you did not, that's not what you asked for, but a body 
have you prepared for me? Mary's body was prepared to receive the seed, the, the impregnating seed of the word of God. She received it within her spirit and it translated through the spiritual will of God, if you will, into the, the seed of the child that was carried, that she carried in whom she was a carrier. She was not the source. And so, see, she, he didn't have her DNA. It, man's DNA wasn't in it at all. The blood of Jesus is uniquely sourced from the Father only. Man had nothing whatsoever to do with it. Blood, light, okay, word. Those are the elements, the word of God, the light of God, okay. Um, the will of God being made known, but it was overshadowed. Episcato, the brilliant, the brilliant supernatural light came. The word that was made flesh to live among us, John chapter 1. And then the, the will of God being known, but her yieldedness to this. Prepare, her body was prepared in that moment to receive this holy seed. And it was God and God alone. His word came to pass. This which I will do, the fulfillment, if you will, of his promise to Abraham when he told him, don't worry about killing your son, but because of covenant and because you withheld not your only son, I must provide the lamb for sacrifice. So Abraham's promise or God's promise to Abraham in that moment was fulfilled through Mary, through this, this, this holy one called Jesus. Because God said, see, since you were not will, you were willing to sacrifice your son and did not withhold him from me, then I cannot withhold my son from you. And that's who our Jesus is, the son of God, that God said, I will give his life. Because Abram, Abraham was willing to give the life of his son when I asked. Therefore, he, he was asking, then will you give me your son to redeem all sons? And that's what he did. And that's another story that a lot of evangelists would take and run with and so forth. And I love it. And we, it's going to keep being woven through what we're talking about. So the quality of Jesus' blood is precious. It is faultless. It is untainted. It, it, it doesn't have man's stuff on it, fingerprints on it. And it is filled with the life of God. That's what his blood has. It has the life of God. These are the elements, the components. It has light, okay? It has a supernatural light power. It has word in it. It has God's life, God's presence, God's spirit. Breathe spirit into him. So you see, these are the same elements, light and spirit and blood and, and or um, the life of God, the light of God, the word of God, which is the will of God, the spirit of God. Those are components of the blood of Jesus. Can you see why we say it's power filled? Because it's got all kinds of heavenly power all put in and it's not a meatloaf, not even a little bit. So it's not just any old thing. This is intentional giving. This is an intentional power. It has healing light sources. Why? Because if it's all light, then it has the ability to penetrate darkness and to annihilate it, to demolish it, to wipe it out. These are the components of his blood, precious blood that is as alive as he is. And I'm going to go back to something real quick here, just to, um, let me, let me go back and look at a word, uh, very quickly let's go back to first Peter 1 and remember he said that you have been redeemed not with these corruptible things okay he said that you you've been redeemed with something different I think I'm in the wrong chapter what did I do oh that just sorry about that y'all okay um first Peter 1 oh, okay there we go verse 19 again 
for as much that you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, silver and gold, from your vain conversations received by the tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with, he said, with the precious blood of Jesus. Now that word precious, it means dear, it means honorable, as holding something dear, it means uh, costly, it's of great price, it's honored, it's esteemed, it's valuable, it's respected, it has um, eternal value. It is an eternal value that has been given because God would have placed the price on that blood and that blood has placed a price on you. Whatever, if you are worth blood to God, I am worth blood to God. That's why he had to, John three sixteen. remember, God so loved the world, he gave his son. He gave the life, he gave the blood of his son. That's the blood price that has been made for you and I. Therefore, you can't devalue yourself by calling yourself all the things that you might, that God has never called to you because he set a price upon each of us. This is the redemption price. The blood of my son was the redemption price to pay for mankind and so God has placed a value on you it's the same value that heaven has esteemed or placed over the blood of Jesus and then because another component of the blood is life his blood is as alive as he is why because it never the song says it will never lose its power because it will never lose its life the life of the flesh is in the blood leviticus 17 11. so the blood contains the life of god the blood of jesus contains the life of god and so because god is spirit and god is eternal the blood of jesus also must be spirit and it also must be eternal therefore what we are applying to our lives or when we say i'm blood washer the blood testifies of your healing it is coming from a spirit eternal light-filled life filled place the components of the blood this is what the divine nature of abba father is life spirit uh, uh light and and truth and mercy and the entrance of his word it has to bring light why because it's what it's the it's what it is it's what it is. It can only bring what it is. It always brings what it contains. And so this is the power that is speaking into your life and into my life. And again, when the blood says you are healed, you understand through intimate knowledge. Tell me more, Holy Spirit, about the, the quality of the blood of Jesus. Tell me more. Uh, what is it saying? And remember Zephaniah 3 that it sings over me it joys over me there's a rejoicing that this blood the delight that yeshua jesus had to pour out his blood for mankind the joy of heaven is in that blood and he rejoices over us with it so those were the things that i i i, I got far but maybe not as far as i thought i would so here it is the voice the set the last scripture for today hebrews or for this session hebrews 12 verse 24 which tells us that the blood and and anybody that teaches on the blood they're always going to go to the scripture because it's just a it's just a highlight so it's hebrews chapter 12 and we're looking at verse 24 and it says that G, to jesus the mediator 
of the new covenant. He's the one that he went in and he did the business. He took care of the legalities of all this. His blood has taken care of every legal precedent of darkness to try to hold you bound down. The blood of Jesus says, nope, I'm going to come in. Or Jesus himself, he said, I'm acting between two parties. I'm the intermediary. I am the one. You know what? It's got to come through me. You want to get through them? You got to come through me. He is the mediator. He's the, the one who interposes. He brings about the reconciliation between man, mankind and God. And he said, through me, let the punishment for their sins be on me and let the triumph and the forgiveness of their sins come through me. So in him, everything, he's the central meeting place. And when you get to him, oh baby, everything else, the communication is clear. God says, now I can hear you. And now you can hear God because the voice of the blood of Jesus has spoken to say, I will interpret it and I will be the one that allows these things to be. So the voice, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling his blood that speaks of better things than that blood of Abel. Why? Because his blood is not crying out for vengeance. His blood says, I'm giving mercy. I give forgiveness. I give redemption. I want to release a new life, resurrection power. That's this new covenant. I want to bring an element into them that they will not be able to have unless somebody from heaven speaks up on their behalf. And he did. And he's still speaking. His blood is still talking. So those are the things that we looked at. This precious blood calls us, deems us precious. This precious blood speaks on our behalf. It's precious in its power to redeem us from sin, which we just said. His blood is precious in its power to cleanse us from sin. And his blood pronounces us clean we are pronounced clean by the blood of jesus and the scripture in 1 john 1 17 or 1 7 forgive me first john 1 7 it says but if we walk in the light as he is in the light now you start seeing us you walk in the power of his blood the light is there we have fellowship with one another why the equality the equalizer the blood of jesus there is no superior one one that is superior to another the precious blood we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin clean 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 spirit soul and body that's the objective of heaven i want to leave you with this thought you are worth blood to god first peter 1 18 and 19 and that's all I'm going to talk about for this session. Next time we'll start talking about redeemed. I want your feedback. You all want me to go further with this? I'm going to teach it anyway. But if you want to do more with this, I want you to let me know. Are you willing to allow the power of the blood to speak on your behalf and to bring about the changes, the heavenly divine will of the Father for you? Are you ready to be infused with such a light or to recognize the light that is already in you? to be able to see the great exploits that God always said his people, he would do through his people. Are you ready to be such a one? Let's start with you. I want you to take inventory of your personal health. I want to take inventory of the things that you say about yourself. I want you to take inventory of the things that you believe. And let's find out where your thinking absolutely stinks. And let's get rid of that odor and start to let the blood of Jesus change your atmosphere and change even the very fragrance itself. I want to thank you so much for tuning in on this. This is the second one. They've kind of impromptu. But again, I my sense is that this is what the Spirit of the Lord wants me to do in this season. I'm Lenzine Lee, the pastor of Astounding Love, a global church fellowship, and your sister in Christ. You are worth blood to me. I am worth blood to you. It's the precious blood of Jesus, and we're never 
ever again going to let anybody tell us different. I love you astoundingly. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Good night.